Harlow Franklin blew out a tired, scotch-laced breath. It was May, yet he'd had Stevens light a fire before the personal concierge turned in around 10 p.m. He craved a sense of cozy, but would settle for any feeling other than the frustration that had taken up residence in his bones. The defense attorney sighed and sank deeper into the tufted leather chair. Still missing the wallowed-out one his wife donated to Goodwill months ago. The surrounding comforts usually settled him after his difficult days. His library of first editions. His great-grandfather's framed flintlock displayed against the dark, polished walnut paneling. A drink in one of his grandmother's crystal glasses. And his worn pair of $500 leather slippers with which he'd rewarded himself one long-ago weekend in London. Out of habit, he glanced down for Winston at his feet. But around midnight, the Boykin Spaniel had ditched him and joined Mrs. Franklin upstairs in bed. Harlow hadn't slept with her in over a year. His wife, not the dog. He preferred the dog. The mantel clock gonged a muted, gentle tone four times. Sleep wouldn't happen now. Not this close to morning. He sucked the remnants of his scotch and picked up the phone, keying the internal line to Stephen's room. Sir, the assistant answered, enunciating his word as if he weren't entitled to rest. He lived to serve. Harlow stood, stretching out the kinks in his neck. Sorry to wake you, Stevens, but I need you to cancel the day's appointments. I'm going out on the boat. Please call the marina and let them know. They'll be open for the early fishermen, I think. Very good, sir. Harlow headed to his separate bedroom to change. Better to endure this bout of insomnia in an environment he preferred, atop the gentle swells off the balmy coast of Charleston. Harlow climbed the stairs and reached his bedroom. Stevens soon knocked softly and entered, having thrown on crisply ironed slacks under his satin robe, his straight, graying hair groomed to include his signature immaculate part. He handed Harlow a glass of orange juice and asked, Anything else I can prepare for you? The employer smiled and accepted the juice. No, thanks, Stevens. I'll check in later in the day. By 5.30, with the sun pinking the navy sky, Harlow walked the ramp to Legal Dock, his 34-foot criss-craft. While he'd handled the boat many times alone, his mood was as damp as the humid low country air, and he wished to sit back and think. Drift off for a nap if need be. Come home with some personal decisions made. Miranda jumped on the boat ahead of him, her deck shoes, silent, a windbreaker atop a plain white t-shirt. She wore jeans with a hole in one thigh, another on a knee. The twenty-year-old was known around the club for her boat prowess and sweet looks, though she never seemed to capitalize on the latter. She was ever willing to accompany someone who needed a second hand, and even in early May, her devotion had already taken...